another episode of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I am joined by Toby Anderson. Evening. Hello, man. It's been it's been a while. Oh, it's been so many whole days. So many days. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm I've been decorating the nursery still. So we're on cool. like the second bits of paint. It's, color, it's all colourful now. Oh, very second, nice. Second layers and things. Wow. Throw some pictures into the Slack. I will throw some pictures up when I do the last colour, which will be in a few days' time. Yes. Okay. Something to look forward to. <laughs> Miles Thompson. Good evening. How are you, Captain? Not too bad, thank you. Just kind of, again, kind of just plodding along, enjoying a nice, relaxing Sunday now that the essay is in and the assignments are roughly finished. Yeah, it's been nice. Nice. Congratulations. Well done. Bravo. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And rounding off the cast, it's Catatonia herself. Cat. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, my God. Hi. Oh, my God. Hi. <laughs> How on earth are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you. I also handed in a big-ass project at work on Friday, and I gave myself the weekend to do it, and I didn't need it. So it's been absolutely lovely to just do nothing this weekend, and that's exactly what I've done. Nice work. Yeah. How are you, Roscoe? Oh, thanks for asking, Kat. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm good, yeah. thanks. Normal yeah. services resumed. Damn it. <laughs> Bravo on both essays, both of you. Well done. Thank you, thank you. Jolly good work. Um, it's good to know uh, you guys had uh, probably the weekend to play games and just chill. Yes, definitely. Nice. Very much so. Like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what we do every single day. Yeah. I'm uh, so jealous. <laughs> right then, let's go to game of the week. I'll start from the top. Tommy Anderson, your game of the week. Can I have two? Or yes, even I suppose. <laughs> Um, I'll keep them, sw- keep them short and sweet. Um, so I spent, it's been two weeks really, hasn't it? That's the thing. So it's been a while since we actually did a game of the week. We've been doing all these reaction podcasts. Um, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake Intermission, the new Yuffie DLC, and completed that. That was a lot of fun. Although Yuffie does start to get annoying uh, after... What, eight hours or five so. minutes? Oh, okay. it, takes, it takes eight hours to finish. I think I was sick of her by about four hours in, yeah. Um, especially because <laughs> the first half, and this is no real spoiler, the first half is a very quest, like a quest hub, um, like the first game had, or like the, the actual base game has. Um, and then you get into much more storyline stuff in the in the second half. Um, but that quest hub stuff is is the same sort of, oh, this is too much yuffie and too much like, ah, let's find some cats and all that kind of stuff. Um, then I spent days and days and days of the last two weeks on Disco Elysium, um, which was very different to how I was expecting it to be. Um, that is a, a hard game to recommend to anyone but an absolutely hardcore CRPG-liking player. Um, it's like it's like a murder mystery, um, you know, investigation, you play as a detective, but you actually have to sort of roll the dice to get through certain moments of the game and then... If you don't get what you want, you can save scum and reload and all that kind of stuff, or you could carry on with the terrible result you just got. Um, there's a lot of really crazy internal monologuing that really got on my nerves. Um, but the actual uh, murder mystery, the actual uh, dialogue around that section of the game was top notch. Um, if it was that on its own, without all the other bits that annoyed me, it would have been a nine, nine or a 10 out of 10. Um, but with it, with all of that other stuff included, it was more like a seven. Um, and then finally, just because you asked last time, uh, I played Stranger of Paradise Final oh. Fantasy Origins demo. Here we go. <laughs> um, 
And I'm going to surprise you a little bit, I think, because it wasn't actually as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, it's it's definitely got that that what you saw at um, the showcase at the Square Enix showcase is literally the demo, right? They showed nothing from any any other part of the game that they've made. That makes me think all they've made is one area, um, and that what they're going to do for the next year and a half is to make the rest of the game's areas and and actually make it work. Um, it plays all right. It plays okay. There's there's some gameplay in there that is like a sort of halfway towards Devil May Cry with some proper parrying reaction stuff that you might see in a Souls-like. There's a very cool bit where, you know, the bomb characters from Final Fantasy, um, you have to sort of deflect fire back at them three times to make them do the self-destruct thing that they usually do in Final Fantasy, which I thought was a really nice touch. Um, what pulls it right down into the gutter is the three main characters. They are paper thin, and one of them is so angry and so bro that it's just ridiculous. Um, and he does just pound little bats into submission and things like this all the way through it. Shouts about chaos from the beginning of the demo to the end. Um, and just, yeah, it's the worst character design I think I've ever seen from Tetsuya Nomura. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the sort of upshot is it doesn't play that badly, really. It's okay. It's like a sort of middle of the road Souls-like and a middle of the road to bad Final Fantasy. So just not really sure why it was there. Ooh, mm. reveal at the end of that showcase. Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel like a Final Fantasy origin? Does it feel like yeah, the story, that's where the story began? Did you sort so of have, the only, you have that feeling when playing it? Yeah, I don't I don't feel like Final Fantasy apart from the baddies that I saw. So there were some there were some enemy types and such that I recognize, like the bomb. Um Garland is the uh, the first you know the boss that you see in this demo and garland is the main final boss at the end of final fantasy one um it's also in theory that those three characters are the warriors of light um or at least they think they're the warriors of light because i've seen something saying that they may be not sure that they are um and that there's meant to be more party members than just those three um so you won't you, you'll almost always be in control of jack but there are more than just the two others um, but yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it really feels Final Fantasy to me. Um, it was the enemy types that that gave me that slightly Final Fantasy sort of, oh yeah, okay. that That's mm. what a Final Fantasy Souls-like could be, those little moments. But the whole thing is not those moments. The whole thing is drawn right down by lots of other stuff. Okay. Most important question, does it feel chaotic? Yes. Nice. <laughs> Absolute chaos. <laughs> Thank God. Ooh, I was worried there for a minute. Uh, Miles, your games of the week or the last two weeks. Quite glad you made that plural because I also have two. <laughs> oh my um, God, we're going to be here all night. <laughs> sorry. Um, so my first one is Chivalry 2, um, which, as you all know, I was very, very excited for because I love a good medieval game, especially one that's pure carnage. And <laughs> just, I just want to say, I, when Miles got the uh, code for Chivalry 2, um, I, get, I, I gave it to him in the Slack, and in big capital letters, he went, Yeah! <laughs> yeah i was very pleased i think this was uh probably the best like free game i've ever gotten in my life um and it was just yeah so it's a uh, kind of first or third person kind of medieval kind of combat game um it's kind of realistic in the sense that it all looks very realistic it all kind of looks the part and the aesthetic is pretty much spot on um but the gameplay is just pure and utter carnage like it doesn't even pretend to be close to 
an accurate like medieval sim it's just kind of go into a boatload of people of like 30 other players and just start swinging your sword and watch heads get carved off and arms get sliced and it's it's glorious it's completely stupid when people run at you with like loaves of bread or you throw a cabbage at someone who's like fully armor plated and you do somehow damage to them but it's just brilliant like it's got a bit you know some rough edges it's kind of light on content i think uh they are planning to release a lot of free stuff for it um over the few next few kind of months or so um and i think the game definitely needs it because it starts to not get repetitive but you start to kind of feel the same about each map quite quickly um but there's just no beating getting on a catapult and just firing a giant boulder into a group of people and getting like three team kills and nine enemy kills at once there's just some glorious satisfaction in it so um that was my main game of the week um and my other one as three you team know, kills hold on friendly oh, fire oh yeah no friendly <laughs> friendly hits all in action you didn't so, like, aim when very you well with that boulder <laughs> just for aiming the catapults a nightmare but when you like get it right in a group of people it's oh it's great but uh, yeah i'm kind of like getting a team kill as well at the same time is just even more satisfying because you know that someone sacrificed themselves so you could get nine kills it's great um yeah so my other one which was a real surprise was green hell which was a game that in the slack i think uh, a couple of us were a little bit reluctant to give a go um and initially my impressions of it were not great because i think i died like four or five times and you can't save automatically you have to like everything that you have in the game you have to build or craft or find or kind of scavenge and um you have to build a hut before you can even save and i didn't really pay attention particularly well to the notepad which tells you a lot of these things um so i think i spent about two hours you know starting again not being able to save dying of poison and getting stabbed by a scorpion and then i think it was um i went mad like my insanity meter just went too low and i just went mad and then phantom things were killing me um but then once I got over myself and actually played the game properly and actually played it by its own rules and kind of got to grips with how to actually play a survival game like you're supposed to, um, I found myself really invested in it. And the story mode especially really ended up gripping me in much more than I ever expected a survival game would. Um, so it really carried me through to the end. And by the time I finished it, I was like, Jesus, I actually, I actually had a good time with this, like a really good time. And the mechanics are so deep in terms of what you can do. I barely scratched the surface of everything that you can kind of craft or find or build. And I could just imagine if people are really into this kind of open sandbox kind of survival, this could keep you entertained for you know dozens of hours. It wasn't quite for me. It's not my kind of game personally, but the fact that I got to the end of it and felt so like, damn, that was a good time, really surprised me. So yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to that one too. Awesome. Yeah, I remember you saying you were surprised by it. So I'm glad it uh, it turned itself around eventually. Yeah, I mean, you know, after those first couple hours or so, I was thinking like, Jesus Christ, do I even want to, you know, bother to carry on and give this another go? But mm. I was I was really glad I did, and um, yeah, I came out of it with uh, my expectations lifted a little. I've got to say, cool. And I have picked up uh, Chivalry Two on your recommendation, so I'm gonna yes. see how that goes. Yes. You know what you can do is that I can load a catapult and you can stand on it and I can fire you over the castle wall. What? So, yeah, yes, it, it's a thing that. you can do. I tested it out with a friend and it works. So I feel like we've got to do it. Oh my. Okay. I'm going to uh, jump in it, jump into it this week. Now Ratchet is done. Yes. And I'll, uh, yeah, I'll see how it goes. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, Kat, your game of the weeks. Game of the week. Games of the week. I don't know. Just talk um, about games. 
games 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 um i've played quite a few as well over the last couple of weeks but what i'll do is i'll keep it to one um and, and we'll go from there so as you may know i was very lucky enough to very recently get my hands on the ps5 um <laughs> yeah i didn't get one at launch because i was an idiot and <laughs> i put it in my basket and took it out because i thought i can't really afford that right now because it's christmas um but i'll do it in the new year and then obviously it, it all sold out like worldwide and then i was like rats okay um <laughs> new plan i will spam every single discord twitter for a ps5 and that's how i got one in the end um so i was really excited to play astrobot and i have a bone to pick with finger guns because why on earth is that game not ten- on the 10 out of 10 list what because it it's is. not it's not strictly a game. This is this is what I wanted. Um, and also none of us reviewed it. Um oh. also shut up. <laughs> do you agree? But do you but if it was a game and if we if you had reviewed it when it came out, if it was strictly a game. It's in I mean it's in our it's in our game of the years for 2020. Oh, there we go. All um, right, then. Okay, well, so that's forgiven. That all, all is forgiven, then, because I think that game is so fun and so mechanically brilliant and just completely showcases the PS5. And I feel sad, though, because I feel like no game is ever going to mechanically beat Astro Bot. One day in about four years' time, we're going to jump back into Astro Bot and be like, oh, yeah, this is what the, the PlayStation controller can do. Uh, <laughs> Or it's going to be in like seven years time when someone actually does it. Um, but yeah, I had so much fun. I had so much fun trying to beat everyone's times. Um, I know it's really old news, Astrobot, but it wasn't old news for me because, um, yeah, I just had so much fun playing it. I know it, it's probably like everyone's like, yeah, we played it like four billion years ago. Cat, no one cares. Um, but I care because that little bot is so cute. And it was so much fun seeing all the little Easter eggs like, you know, Horizon and Crash and Tomb Raider and all that jazz. Super cool. So, yeah, I had fun. That was a proper game that kind of really made me smile throughout it. Um, I just couldn't stop smiling. It just was a happy, happy game with a great, great soundtrack um, that will be in my head forever. Uh, so, yeah. I, that, I think that mm-hmm. GPU song that's on it is yeah, literally, like, G- emblazoned yeah. into my brain forever. Yeah, literally. Look at the sky. <laughs> it's, it's just right. It's on Spotify, the whole soundtrack. The whole soundtrack. I mean, ugh, it's been added. It's been added to my list. Yeah. Shower playlist. Um, yeah. So that's that's my game of the week. Uh, nice. It's always nice to bring Astro back into the fold. I know, and it yeah. was really good. Yeah, it's just a great game. I really hope a, a a full kind of Astro game is in the works. Yes, that's what I was about to say. I hope that Sobe do a proper Astro Bot fully fledged game because mm. that did not. We didn't deserve that to be free. That yeah. was. That was a gift. That was <laughs> such a gift. <laughs> um, when you struggle for months and months to get a PS5, I think the reward is Astro's Playroom. Yes. When you finally get there. Have you yes. planned it? Have you uh, done it, done it, done it? Or... Yes, I've done it, done it. I've done everything. I've nice. done everything. I had such a good time. Um, yeah. Uh, but that, that feels like so long ago now because I did that quite a while ago. I did it before you free. So it does feel like that I... <laughs> it feels like a long time ago. Um, but yeah. So, what's your game of the week, Ross? Oh, thank you for asking, Kev. I'm, um, I'm going to throw out Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Uh, nice. Because, well, it's been the game that I've played the most for the past seven to ten days. And I've had an absolute blast with it. It is now platinum. It is 100% done. It's a game that proves to me that Insomniac are probably Sony's most exciting first-party studio at the moment. 
Um, for them to drop this and Miles Morales on the PS5 already in the space of six months is just completely bizarre. But I loved it. It was a really, really fun time. I don't think... I think, yeah, I think like Astro's Playroom, the game is a great demonstration of the dual sense. I think there's a lot of very little cool things that it does. Um, like the the pixelizer weapon where you shoot and it turns your enemies into pixels. The sound of that is the actual haptic triggers. It's not a, a speaker. All you can hear is the haptic trigger that's going around and around and around. And that's what that's what it built, that's what builds up the sound. And little things like that make it so much fun. And I love the um the right, I can't remember the name of it. The Rhino weapon, I think it's called Rhino. Um, I finally un- when I finally unlocked that, I was having such a blast because you shoot it up in the air and Thunder Jaws can drop down, Jack and Daxter will appear, Sly Cooper will appear. All these very, very cool PlayStation Easter eggs um that they kind of spoiled before the game released, which I thought was weird. But when you actually get it and you actually uh get to play in-game and a Thunder Jaw just appears from the sky, it's it's a lot of fun. But it's great. It's great. It's you know, it's it's not a long experience. I think I got in about nine hours and it was it was fine. It's 70 quid for a nine hour game, you know, you've got to kind of balance it out. But for me, it was totally worth it. I guess maybe just from a technical standpoint, I think it's absolutely stunning to look at. It's by far the best looking game on PS5 so far, for sure. And there's so many little details. So when you go into photo mode and you start zooming in and looking at all the little things. Like the reflections, the ray tracing is outstanding. It's done so well. And I'm a huge, huge fan of this, this world. And I hope that maybe there'll be another ratchet on this generation. I'm not sure. I guess it's dependent on what Insomniac are up to. They're, they're busy making Spider-Man 2 right now. But yeah, I hope there's more. And the Platinum was a lot of fun. It wasn't too difficult. Very similar to the Miles Morales Platinum. Um, it could be done in a couple of playthroughs. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. and. I hope that there's more Ratchet to come because the world and the new characters, especially Rivet, Rivet is amazing. So yeah, had a great time and a very, very happy 100% in that game because it was such a blast. And I got very sad when it was over. When I finally finished everything and bought everything and found everything, it was, oh, I got nothing to do now. And so maybe there'll be DLC. It's unlikely, but it would be nice. But there's uh, plenty to enjoy in Ratchet and Clank. And I hope that uh, if you're interested, you should pick it up because it's uh, because it's fantastic. Right then, let's go in to Have I Got Barrels for You, which is when we go into the week's news and we talk about all the good stuff. There's been a lot of um, kind of stuff following E3. If By the way, if you haven't followed our E3 content, there's a absolute smorgasbord of E3 podcasts. We did four in the end, including a full review. And do be sure to check it out. Whereas here, the reaction team, all four of us that you can hear on this podcast, got together basically every single night and talked to E3. And there's podcasts galore right now on various services that you're listening to your podcast on. So do go and check it out. But let's get into this week's news. And first up is Hideo Kojima making a new Silent Hill game. Toby Anderson. We think he is, don't we? Hmm. There's some intense conspiracy theories out there about uh, a game called Abandoned. And it's not had much of a reveal yet, a couple of screenshots and a bit of eerie landscape. But people think that this is Kojima's new game. They reckon it's he's doing something he did like he did with um, Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain, where 
it sort of came out from another studio first and then he announced that actually it was the same game and it was renamed Metal Gear Solid and everyone was like ah <laughs> um, so he's doing something maybe he's doing something the same with this um I don't know if you guys have heard much of or, or read through much of the um the reasons fans have given for why they're linking these two games there's some of them are hilarious um so for example um fans have pointed out that Kojima has an Instagram um, of him holding a blue box, right? And the new game, Abandoned, is by a company called Blue Box Studios. Blue Box Game Studios. And, okay, so he's got one single picture on his entire Instagram of him holding a blue box. <laughs> and that is it. Um, is this a recent picture, or is it a picture from, like, five years ago? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's relatively recent, but you're absolutely right. It could be from anything, could it go anywhere. Yeah. Um, a tweet he, uh, he tweeted out a, a tweet that contained the words silent and hills but not together um blue box games themselves have a banner on their youtube account which is a set of hills then again people are thinking that's silent hills there's just loads of this kind of stuff um i think i think it's hilarious when this kind of thing happens and I, I, there's supposed to be a big reveal in a couple of days time so like a day after this goes live this podcast on the 22nd there should be a reveal of abandoned in quite a lot more detail you should be able to see you know videos and gameplay and such um so we will find out literally the day after this goes live whether or not all those rumors are actually um, worth anything yes um yeah june 22nd is meant to be the full reveal of this game mm. and the game is going to be formally revealed on june 22nd as part of a special app you can download on your ps5 which will feature a series of real-time trailers from the game to demonstrate gameplay. Now that, to me, doesn't sound like a small indie project. No, it sounds so bizarrely overdone as a marketing stunt, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and who does over-the-top marketing stunts? Exactly. That's what I that was about to say as well. It's like, what? Jima, <laughs> doesn't it? It screams PT. It screams mm. like, yeah. I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on, this, I mean... Blue Box tweeted, guess the name abandoned equals first letter S, last letter L. Reveal closing in. This led fans to believe that Abandoned's official title is Silent Hill. But Blue Box then followed up with another apology, saying, we wanted to set things straight. We have no relation with Konami. Silent Hill was owned by Konami. We do not have any relations to Hideo Kojima. It was never our intention to tease the name as Silent Hill. We sincerely apologize for this. So I think that's the second time Blue Box themselves have said Abandoned is not Silent Hill, nor is it in relation to Hideo Kojima. But of course, it goes further than that. So there's ties between Blue Box and Kojima. Again, that Instagram post. And Hazan Karaman has the same initials as Hideo Kojima. And if you translate Hideo from Japanese to Turkish using Google, you get Karaman. <laughs> <laughs> Some have speculated that BB Game Studios could also be a reference to the Bridge Babies from Death Stranding. And it just goes on and on. I mean, on Tuesday, all of this could be for nothing. It could just be abandoned. But why the hell is there an app coming to the PS5 to reveal a trailer? Can you think of any other game that's had that that involved a marketing stunt? The only one I can think of is what you mentioned, and that's Metal Gear Solid. I was going to say, this just it, screams Kojima, doesn't it? It got initially revealed as the Phantom Pain. And there was little there was little idents in the letters, wasn't it? That's what people yeah. picked up on. Yeah, and people said, "Oh, if you fill that in, it says Metal Gear Solid 5. But yeah, I mean, everything about this is very, very Hideo Kojima, but it might not be. <laughs> in the trailer as well, the trees uh, spell out the letters PT. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, like, it's just so how do you find it? The only <laughs> thing is, is that I think it would be weird. It's like, I'm totally on board with thinking this is Kojima, but then why would you officially apologize? That's strange oh, to twice. me. Twice. Twice. Yeah. I think with um with Kojima now, he knows that people will get onto him quickly. So he's probably like got them on board, just being like, look, really distance yourselves from it because everyone's going to start guessing it's me anyway. Because um, it could be like a massive double bluff from him of like making it look like it's going to be his project and then being like, hey, I got you. Oh, by the way, here is Silent Hills. Like, mm. just got a form for this guy. Yeah, yeah. Abandoned does exist, but here's my game. Yeah. It's going to lead him down a merry chase and the yeah. next day he's going to be like, haha, I got you. Here's my game now. It's called Stranded instead of Abandoned. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Previous mobile games from Blue Box Game Studios feature a handprint, which looks very similar to the one from Death Stranding as a logo. In the Death Stranding Director's Cut trailer, Sam's backpack features the Netherlands flag, and Blue Box is based in the Netherlands. Kojima I mean, some of them, some of them are grasping at straws, don't you think? A little bit. A little bit. But Kojima Productions has also recently opened a subsidiary called Kojima Productions Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> What's that Alice in Wonderland quote where it's like, hmm, curiouser and curiouser? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if this isn't Silent Hill by Kojima, they probably should just make it. Because at this point, you know, an old Blue Box Game Studios Kickstarter was found, which was cancelled because a private investor got involved. Oh, yeah, that one's really interesting. So they didn't even need a Kickstarter because they had this private investigator. That sounds like a real story, like that Hideo Kojima got involved or something. But then at the same mm. time, that means that Blue Box Game Studios did exist without him. You know, are they are they something that he's got involved with and then said, you can make Silent Hills? I, I just... You know, it seems it seems strange that one. That's an interesting part to it. Didn't he do that with Metal Gear as well, though? Wasn't it? Was it Moby Dick Studios? I think he called it. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know I if it existed beforehand, though. It might have done, but he might have been planning this for a little while. Yeah. Just, like, he set might it up have secretly. And the whole like, bloody thing. <laughs> just put one person on the development team and just told him to sit there for three years. And supposedly it's their 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 Twitter's only following six people, two of which are like IGN. Um, types and uh, and one of them is Hideo Kojima I mean it definitely looks like there's a lot of red herrings in here if it's not <laughs> what fun I mean if this is actually Silent Hill they've done, a, they've done a cracking job but we'll see we shall see I think people are going to be disappointed because you know that's what that's what gamers do but we'll see you're calling it you're, gonna say, you're saying people are going to be disappointed yeah Toast what do you think after all this, <laughs> is it Sliding Hill? Jeff Keighley has said that it's not what you want it to be. Who it's cares? not what you think everything. it will be. <laughs> I'm going with uh, it's not going to be Silent Hills. Miles, what do you think? I think it's going to be a Kojima game, but I don't think it's going to be Silent Hills. Okay. Cap? Yeah, I agree. I think it's too big, too big for, like you said, an indie game to pull off this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but maybe it isn't quite quite kojima but he's involved somehow i don't know mm. but yes i'm going more yes than no okay is that an answer i don't know i think i'll take it because <laughs> i've made it an answer <laughs> <laughs> all right then fine okay let's move on then um which old remedy game is coming to the epic game store in a shiny remastered version alan wake alan wake alan wake it looks like alan wake remastered along with the final fantasy 7 remake is coming to the epic game store Alan Wake Remastered has not yet been confirmed or officially revealed by anyone, but 
It looks like a PC release will come via the Epic Game Store exclusively. Um, who was fans of Alan Wake? I actually never got a chance to play it, but I always wanted to. Um, oh, and it's a game that... Did you say it was only coming to the PC? Uh, well, it's only currently rumoured to be on the Epic Game Store. Obviously, it will come to consoles as well, I'd imagine. I was going to say, if it does come to console, I'll definitely pick it up. Because it was always one of those games that was like on my radar, and it had quite a lot of hype when it first came out. Um, I remember it being quite a big deal, because it was like bringing survival horror type stuff back into the fold. But yeah, I just never got a chance to play it, so hopefully this will be my chance. Nice, yeah. I like it a lot. I'm not, I'm not normally into kind of like the horror, because it's general, this kind of psychological horror stuff, but Alan Wake was a lot of fun. Got very, very deep into um, into its story. It was um, very intriguing, and it was a it was a nice payoff at the end. So, Alan Wake dropped off the Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass for PC in May. I think that gives you another clue that it's probably is happening. What what's being talked about? If Epic has got some kind of deal with Remedy to put to put it on the Epic Game Store only. And that's why it's dropped off of the Game Pass. Intriguing. Oh God, Kojima isn't making Alan Wake as well, is he? <laughs> he's had he's had something to do with the with the PR on this. Do you know what you can do? You can just give them little clues, <laughs> and then they go right down these rabbit holes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, nice one. And um, obviously, the Final Fantasy VII remake exclusivity ended on PlayStation in March, months ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, March of this year. Yeah, so this is the first time it's going to be available on a different system. It may also come to Xbox that day. Who knows? But we shall we shall see. Uh, Kat, what's your history with Alan Wake? So I have this really terrible habit. And the habit is I buy games that I don't play. Um, and I will give you an example. Alan Wake being one of them when I had Xbox. Um, Stardew Valley is sitting in my library. <laughs> um, what else is sitting in my library that I haven't played? Flipping loads of stuff. And I remember having the disc and I remember consistently reading the back of it being like, I'm going to start that soon. I'm going to start because it sounded epic. It sounded like it was, it's a choice based, it's a little bit like Heavy Rain. I, I mean, I don't know, but um, they kind of made it out to sound like the back of it was like very like dark and mysterious, but it was kind of your choice what happened as well. There's a few bits like that. Mm. Um, it's not it's not heavily choice based, but heavily there's a few choice. bits in there. Yeah, and I just kept reading the back and then I played Fable instead, got absolutely obsessed, and then got rid of my Xbox. Um, so I've not played Alan Wake, <laughs> but I nearly did and I'd like to, <laughs> but I don't have a PC anyway. So I'll go back to that old E3 comment of, damn. <laughs> what amazingly long-winded way of saying, no, I haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is well, this is the thing. Though. It, what's likely to happen is that during these podcasts, I'll go, that's in my library and I haven't played it. Like Stardew mm. Valley, I've wanted to play for flipping years. Why is it sat there? I don't know, Kat. Why is it sat there? You've got all <laughs> these all these long, you got like, you want to get into the Final Fantasy games. You've got all these, Stardew Valley is a time sink. Yeah, yeah, it's a time, it's literally like a sinkhole. Like, yeah, and I know that, and I think hours of your life. Yeah, I feel like I need to just like, like again, quit my job. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) it's, I mean, I love Stardew Valley, it's fantastic. When when it arrived on Switch, it was the perfect console for it because I could just kind of take it with me and do the odd little bit of farming here and there throughout the day. But yeah, it's God, it's bloody asking a lot of you, Stardew Valley, and it's so cute and sweet, but it's like, it's not, it's a pain in the dick. (laughs) Stardew <laughs> Valley. Yeah, so this that is should, like that should be a on the back of the box. Pain in the dick. This game is pain in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> so good, it was pain in my dick. Yeah, what? I didn't hear a word of that. 
So <laughs> just just shout a dick, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been muted late or something. <laughs> Never mind, just edit it out. All right. No, I'm I'm gonna keep it in, you know, for uh, for prosperity. Oh, I'll shout a dick at all once. Brilliant. <laughs> and also, yeah, we see Final Fantasy VII remake also coming to other game store, possibly. Um, it's gonna look pretty shiny on PC, one would imagine. You've got a nice rig that could look very good. Mm, indeed. All uh, right then. Which game that we all love is getting a 4K 60 frames per second upgrade next week? Go on, Toby. Go on. Uh, is it a Plague Tale Innocence? It sure is a Plague Tale Innocence, Toby Anderson. Oh my goodness me. That game already looked like brand like spankingly good. So um what on earth a PS5, you know, upgrade version will look like. I don't know. It's gonna be mm. amazing. It might be a good reason to crack it out again and, and give it another shot um i've got i think i've got it on ps4 must have because i've got the, the platinum back in the day and it's on game pass as well isn't it as well so it is on game pass yeah yeah so there's many ways to play it but yeah a nice shiny upgrade i mean if they if that's gonna have like the same graphical fidelity as the new one with the uh you know that we saw a little bit of on the xbox game showcase then it's gonna look sweet yeah it's uh, it's a brilliant, brilliant game. Um, so the press release kind of goes, Asobi's Medieval Horror is getting a makeover for Xbox Series X on 6th of July, which is the first Tuesday of next month, which could mean a PlayStation Plus upgrade. They've been known to do that with their PlayStation Pluses with Control and something else. I feel like uh, Plague Tale has been on game... It's been on PS Plus already. Yeah. Yeah, but this is for PS5, though, isn't it? Mm. So I just, that... it just might they, they might get some bad press for releasing a game they've already released once before, when everyone could just get the PS5 upgrade anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you've got a Playtale instance anyway, you'll get the upgrade. So it's not a, it's not a massive deal. But uh, you know, if you haven't got it, like Cat, and never played it, perfect. Oh yeah, is this one of the ones that we said that like I haven't played Life is Strange, you haven't played Playtale? Yes. Oh dear, right. Got to be rectified now, no excuse. Well, now you've got a perfect excuse, exactly. Exactly, exactly. So what's yours, Toby? Uh, Life is Strange, I think. So yeah. I looked on the game. No, no, Pass. what was your excuse? What was your oh, excuse? What was my excuse? <laughs> <laughs> I have none. <laughs> um, I looked on Game Pass today to try and see if Life is Strange is on there, but I found out that it had been removed a few months back. Like, that's because of the remasters, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, does that mean you haven't got it in your PS Plus library? I'll have another look, but I don't know. Okay. I look, only looked on Xbox cheap. today. I was going to say, the discounts for sometimes before the storm and the first couple um, normally go down in price quite a lot. So check, check out the store because it might be. But then again, like you said, with the remasters coming out, they might have taken that off deal as well. So mm. who knows? You'd love Life is Strange, though. It's very it's yeah. sort of narrative driven. It's very Toby, Toby focused. It's a, bit, it's a bit sort of a beyond and. Beyond Good and Evil and Detroit become human, sort of. Yeah. You do I little. You're going to say Beyond little act- and I was like, no, no, no the, you do not- little. <laughs> you do little actions and and you know, but you don't you don't control them like you know. There's no combat or anything like that. It's just sort of story driven, um, you know, adventure. Yeah, that's cute yeah. to use Yeah, cool. Hmm. Yeah, so 6th of July, it's coming to PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and coming to the Switch in a cloud version on 6th of July. So, yeah, if Very you haven't nice. played a Plague Tale, go get it, because a Plague Tale Requiem 
was pretty much our game of the show. If you listen to our to the E three podcast, so uh, man, I can't wait to play that again. I'm definitely going to jump back in. And finally, what has returned to the PS Store? Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 2077, but you can't buy it until June the 21st. So today, essentially, for listening to this podcast, the day it goes up. If you haven't yet bought Cyberpunk 2077, now is the time, maybe. Now. Ha. Ha. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Not if you're on PS4, base, the base system still. You, you can buy it, but should you buy it? Isn't there a disclaimer saying not to buy it if you have a base PS4 on yeah. the store? I'm pretty sure it says, it's like it says it's on only, Pro or 5. Yeah, Pro or 5, exactly. Yeah, And even on the 5, like when I played it, it was still just a complete and utter hot mess. And I just don't think even with the patches they've released, I've still seen a few videos of some of the glitches that are still going on. And it's just mm. it's beyond belief how badly broken this game really was. I'm not going back. Is anyone going back? I no. I've still got a lot to do. I've been I've, I've beaten it, but I've still got yeah, I've beaten it as well. So but... much to get on with. I yeah. couldn't even finish it. I genuinely just got to a point where I was like, I'm so sick of it hard crashing every time. I think it was Jig Jig Street. Every time I got like around that area, it would crash without fail. And I was like, I'm just sick of this now. Something gums up gummed up the wiring on oh. Jig Jig Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the underlying <laughs> code is just fucked. <laughs> like you can't go there. It's dirty that place. <laughs> It's not allowed. <laughs> I mean, I, I played it on PS4 Pro and I never had any kind of like massive problems. I mean, I played it on Pro and then obviously I played it on PS5. I beat it on PS5. And I never had any huge problems, but yeah, like Master, the crashing was one. Crashing almost became a feature. It was like I had to save sort of every 10 minutes just in case, just in case the game just decided to crap out on itself. So it almost became a game in itself, just kind of saving it every 10 minutes. So I mean. There was a massive patch that came out this week for it, um, but amazingly, it's still not—it's still not there yet, which is just wild. So we'll see what this June twenty-first version of it looks like. Um, I think the um, my my issue with it was I played it I played it on PS4 and it's a late model, but it's still the base one. Um, and I I was like I, you know I got through the game. There was obviously a number of crashes and some very strange bits, particular save point that loaded up you know, inside one of the enemies and wouldn't let me progress for ages. But there were, there was enough, well, not so many of them that I couldn't progress through the game. And, you know, the story is great. And once you finish the story, I just found that the world of Night City wasn't anywhere near as interesting as they had built it to be. Like, it looks like it's going to be an incredibly interesting place to to explore. But when you've got all those glitches, there's not much out there that's worth going through all the glitches. The story was worth going through all the glitches for but the rest of it isn't. And that's why I don't think I'll bother going back. Once you finish the story, I don't think there's a lot of point going back. I was going to say, like, a lot of the side gigs and stuff, like, I remember in The Witcher, I used to want to go to all the question marks on the map because you didn't really know what you'd stumble on, something, like, really interesting or, like, a really detailed side quest that you just didn't know about. But I found so many of those little side gigs where you just go to a point, you shoot someone, you grab an item. It was just like, this is my... I was going to say, they they were really boring in uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah, there, there just... was a few storyline ones, like the one with Grimes in it and things like that. There, there were some that were worth it, but the vast majority of question marks were not worth it. Yeah, I totally agree. And it just felt like, yeah, it just felt mind numbing. And I was a bit like, I don't, I can't be bothered to play through to 100% this one. Sean did, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. Sean has a platinum on this, yeah. which does involve completely cleaning the map 
of little points. So <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Oh, <laughs> I got oh. through another four games that he didn't get through. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. In that same amount of time. Well, that's what, what he does though. Time was. That's what he does. He loves. And then he got through them anyway. Yeah, he loves. He loves the Ubisoft kind of maps. You know, the just taking things off as he goes, and he loves clearing maps. And so I'm not surprised that he did. He uh, did a lot more of Valhalla than I did as well. Yeah, a lot more. He loves old Assassin's Creed games. I was just stressed. If you're wondering where Sean is, um, he's taking a little bit of time off because because uh, of things and stuff, uh, which I won't go into. But uh, yeah, wishing him the best, and he'll be back on the pod uh, very soon, I hope. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't hate Cyberpunk really. I thought it was fun. I mean, the best part is romancing Judy. To be honest, I was a female V, so I could go and romance Judy, and that was just the best because Judy is awesome. She's well much better than the other one. What was the other? Totally agree. I was male V, and the other one, I think it's Pam. Pam, that's it. Panam, Panam something like that. Panam. 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 Yeah. Toby and Greg tried to tell me that Panam was better than Judy. I was like, fuck it. No. I was ah, shit. romance Judy. I was like, God damn it. I, I romanced Judy in the end. I, I had a female V as well. So I didn't romance yeah. Panam, even though she was hot. <laughs> and I love those stories. I love uh, that the entire Judy quest line was really nice. I really enjoyed it. Uh, especially that bit where you could go underwater and visit like this kind of apocalyptic town. Oh, did um, you see? Did you see the underwater bit on a base PS4? <laughs> oh God, I don't even want to know. <laughs> did you imagine, like it was horrendous. Um, that there were like you know like shadows following you all over the place. The um, depth meters didn't work. You could get stuck on things all over the place. Invisible oh, walls wow. everywhere. Um, and uh, yeah, it was um, it was a mess down there. Oh. What a the way sea. to ruin such like an emotionally connecting moment! Like it's like the pinnacle of Judy's story, and it's just a mess. <laughs> I had to, I had to zoom in on just their faces and be like, "Don't watch the weird flickering stuff that's happening around them." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, uh, but yeah, that those kind of moments, and I liked um, uh, Johnny Silverham was always quite entertaining, always fun to mess around with. Um, there's a next gen version, of course, coming. And uh, well, they said the end of this year, so I guess that's September, October, November time. Uh, there might be might be reason enough to jump back in. Uh, we'll see if I can transfer my save, then maybe I will. Um, Kat, did you play Cyberpunk? Are you going to play Cyberpunk? Did it interest you? Um, so I I was really interested in Cyberpunk actually. I was kind of waiting for it. It wasn't kind of like a day one for me. It was kind of like a see how it goes because I didn't quite agree with their marketing strategy. And I wasn't that hopeful that it would be amazing at release. And I remember listening to the podcast about the marketing thing um, and just completely agreeing with every word, like the dirty tactics that they did with the gameplay and the embargoes and all that jazz. And it just felt like felt like something was really, really off. And then when it got released and everybody was like, I'm in the middle of a car and I can't move, um, you know, you just thought how much you know be honest with your fans it's just embarrassing at this point you've had to take it off the store when you've delayed and delayed and delayed you know you could have just had one statement but except you you almost frauded yourselves and everybody else into tricking people to buy it and then embarrassing yourself by giving everyone a refund <laughs> like just be honest just be honest and say guys we're really fucked up like this is this game is not in a good quality we made it gold way too soon um yeah our bad you know but instead you, they got cocky with their marketing and that you know oh it's amazing yeah, yeah yeah it's really ready now yeah yeah yeah. we're gonna make it the best game it can possibly be and then what it lasts what five days and I was in hospital when it was at release actually um <laughs> and then I was in recovery for x amount of time and I remember hearing it all come out it was it was a good recovery kind of hearing the podcast 
um, here in the bugs that people were running into. And obviously for some people it's a real deal breaker and some people it wasn't, but and everybody seemed to have different bugs depending on the console that you played on. So I think once it's ready, especially if there's going to be a next gen release, I think I'll jump into it then. I don't think I'm going to wait. I don't think I'm going to get it today. Um, even though I do have a PS5, just because I think it's just dubious, isn't it? I think that it's one of those things that they're just, they're real firefighting now and it didn't need to come to this um, because they've just, you know, they've lost a lot of, I guess, faith and um, yeah. Hope. So well, they had, you know, CD Projekt Red were, were the good guys in inverted commas of games because they gave, yeah. you know, all their content of The Witch of Three or Order DLC was free to play. You know, they were like, oh, CD Projekt Red are on our side. And the, yeah. hype, the hype for Cyberpunk was just that, beyond exactly belief. Exactly, unreal. I couldn't wait for it. I was so excited to see, like, the first couple of... And then, yeah, it just went downhill from there. And it's kind of like... It turns into, like, gaming politics then, doesn't it? Because then, yeah. you know, the next time they ever release a game, they're never going to get this washed... Like, they're never going to wash their hands of this, ever. No. And, you know, they're going to, you know... They should have been upfront and honest with just everything from the get go, from you know, previews and all that jazz. And yeah, so yes, I would love to jump into it when it's ready because I think when it's ready, it will be marvelous. It will be a great game. It will be, you know, everything that you've, you wanted it to be at the beginning. It's just one of those things where it's like they tortoise and had it, you know, and they're the hair and they lost <laughs> quite badly. Um, so yeah, I will jump in, but not for a while. Is that another metaphor? It was, yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, yes. Oh. Love it. Love a metaphor. Metaphor of the week, the tortoise and the <laughs> hair. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, cats, metaphor of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Look out for another one next week. <laughs> Addition to my OnlyFans subscription. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Cyberpunk is what it is. You know, I think it, it's a shame. It, there is a good game in there. It's just been buried under such bullshit and... Oh, nice. Who, who will see? I love that they've warned PS4 players not to play it. That's a that's an amazing... Uh... I think that's a shitty move. I think, like, you brought it out on PS4 and now you're telling, like, a whole console to... Like, that's just... You, yeah, I the... mean, that's not that's, that's not CD Projekt, though. That's Sony, isn't it? That's Sony going... Yeah. Guys, you can yeah, download it on a Pro, maybe. Yeah. Download it on a PS5. Don't, if you've got a base, because this <laughs> Because you're still going to be really, really mad at us, because yeah. we're still a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, uh, it's a very strange thing. But uh, there we go. Uh, right now, let's go into our favourite things. And this time, um, due to the wonders of Xbox's uh, showcase during E3, of which our reaction you can listen to right now on our Xbox Bethesda Showcase Reaction Podcast, uh, I thought we'd talk about our favourite ever first-party games this week, and... Um, I threw it out to the guys yesterday, so hopefully we've had time to pick one. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about it now. Uh, so, Tobes, what is your favourite ever first party game? I don't want to pick one that someone else has already picked. Have you guys got more than one? Yeah, I have two in mind. Yeah, me too. Okay. Um, well, in that case, my top first party game, um, I think, ever, is one we talk about quite a lot on... Um, on this podcast is Horizon Zero Dawn. Yay! Um, you. That's okay. <laughs> I have another one. <laughs> yeah, I told you. Cats has been um, stolen already. Yeah. Nah, I wasn't going to bring it. I, I wasn't going to bring it. So yeah, you go for it, girl. You go for it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, that's my that's my absolute favourite. I mean, it just combined such um, 
a perfect level of um, interesting combats, you know, really jaw-droppingly good, interesting combats, um, robotic dinosaurs, post-post-apocalyptic setting, and um, a story that was just like so much more involved and so much better than I had ever hoped it was going to be. Um, I was so psyched, and I've talked about the trailer for that game, the very first trailer that came out where you fought a Thunderjaw being one of the best moments really in a um, you know, in, in trailer history um, for me, but it was just jaw-dropping how awesome that was. Um, and then, yeah, the game lived up to pretty much everything you could throw at it. I mean, I, I never once really felt like there was things I was doing in the game that I didn't want to do. I got all the way to the end of it. I platinumed it and I wanted more and I've gone back in the, you know, since the Frozen Wilds was amazing as well. You know, it's just a absolutely fantastic game from beginning to end and i hope forbidden west is um you know as good um if, even if it's not as good it probably will still be an incredible game um but yeah that's that's probably the most the strongest first party uh, release that i can think of um there are a few others and i'll we maybe we could have a couple of um you know runners up um after we've all finished but because uh, i did, did think of a few others um but uh, yeah, that's my that's my topic. A very very good one. A very very good one indeed. Uh, Miles, what would you claim as your favourite first party game ever? I've got to say, Toby's kind of leading the charge with a very strong first answer. Indeed. Um, if I'm allowed to have it, mine would be Bloodborne. Um, I think no, you're not allowed to have Bloodborne. Yeah, you're right. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was the game that got me into the Soulsborne series, and it was a game again, um, quite similar theme really that I went into with no real expectation. I knew it reviewed incredibly well. I knew it was based on the kind of Soulsborne or the Souls formula. Um, and I think the only Souls game I played before was Demon Souls, and I hadn't gotten very far in it. And I think I tried it like three times in the past. I just never got very far. And I remember getting to um, Father Gascoigne when I first started playing it and he just beat the living crap out of me. Like, I think I must've died dozens of times to the prick and I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't get into it, couldn't do it. And I was getting really frustrated and I left it for a month and then I went back to it. And I think I was on the summer holiday just after I finished uni. And I just remember about two, three weeks of my life. I just didn't do anything else. I just ripped through the game. I poured, I think it was about 90 hours I finished on by the end platinum it, and it was one of the most satisfying platinums i've ever got and i just i just fell in love with the world of it you know the lovecraftian themes of it and the combat system was so kind of fast and frenetic and you know it's i'm quite a conservative player where i'll tend to kind of turtle and i'll take my time and i'll wait for an opening and i'll take 10 times longer than you probably need to to get through a section but Bloodborne just doesn't let you do that. You know, you have to go in, you have to be aggressive, you have to fight back. And it really kind of molded like a whole different play style out of me. And I just remember finishing the final boss in the, in the dungeons. And I just thought, Jesus Christ, you know, like a month or two ago, I wouldn't have touched this game because it, it just blew my head off. And, um, you know, by the end of it, I just wanted to dive back in. I got all the endings. And it's a game that even over the years, like I've always thought about just going back and playing it again just because i can just because i want to and it's very rare i ever have that with a game um so while there are other games i think might have been kind of better games in a sense i just think bloodborne had like a really quite dramatic impact on me in terms of i just wasn't ready for how good it was going to be when i finally got my head into it um so yeah bloodborne was mine nice it needs a 60 frames upgrade doesn't it for ps5 oh please yeah it really does 
Come on, Sony, sort it out, make it happen. Um, Kat, what is your what is your alternative first party game? Now, Toby has stolen yours. <laughs> you know what? I was gonna I was gonna stray away from uh, Horizon, but it absolutely is my my absolute favorite, and um, I'm not surprised someone else has said it. So, Toby, I completely agree with every single word you said. Um, there's some controversy around whether mine was a first party or not. So, actually, I don't know if I can say my other one that I had in my mind, um, which was Nintendo's Pokemon, because it's from Game Freak, which is not technically first party. So, I'm gonna have to leave that one out. So, honorable mention to Pokemon, but that's not the, that's not the assignment today. Um, so I think I'm going to have to go with Crash Bandicoot. Um, and because it makes my blood boil, that, that's why. Um, so <laughs> am I allowed to have Crash? I think I'm allowed to have Crash. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah. little game, wasn't it? So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, I was also going to do an Xbox game, but I realised that I hadn't played it so, so many years and I didn't have. But yeah, so Crash. I absolutely love Crash. Um, Crash is something for me that is just pure nostalgia because I remember typing in button bash, you know, when you when you played the game of Crash, long in the PS1 days, you had to type in the code, like with the little buttons and the R1, L1, do all those like kind of cool little cheats to get to the different islands. And that was badass. And since then, we've just had the absolute pleasure of things like CTR and um, Crash 4, you know, what a time to be alive that when you play a game when you're six years old and when you're 29, the new game comes out. Or when you're 28, you know, a whole new game comes out of it. <laughs> that's really cool. And that says a lot about not only the fans of that game, but the game itself, you know, the, the fact that it's lived up to that longevity um, really does say a lot about the game. Um, and yeah, there's just, it's iconic, isn't it? All the characters are iconic, merch is iconic. Everybody knows who crashes even if you don't play the playstation even if you don't play games you you know who crash bandicoot is um my bloody mum knows who crash bandicoot is and she's played a game in her life um apart from wee bowling so <laughs> um but yeah so that's got with mine because it's so much fun it makes you laugh it makes you want to cry it makes you want to launch a controller across the floor um makes you want to break your controller across the floor um i did a specific tiktok about crash 4 because it still managed to keep the absolute same just love and hate about the game um when you're jumping through boxes and the, the heart the difficulty curve is insane and it's not something I'll ever platinum unless I was in prison. And like, that was all I could do for 24 hours a day was play Crash Bandicoot. Um, because, my God, that's an enormous game. But they did so well with the fourth one. Um, you know, they, they made kind of technically two games in one because you've got the inverted mode. Um, yeah, so super cool. Crash Bandicoot's mine. Um, after Horizon and, you know, all those others. What about you, Ross? And you'll never get another Crash game again. Well, hopefully, because they're making a Spyro game. <laughs> mm. I bought a Crash. On, oh, I didn't buy it, but I downloaded Crash on the Run on mobile. Oh yeah, was it and, good? Yeah, it's fun. You can you can have a Spyro skin for that. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I, I couldn't say Spyro because it's not exclusive anymore. So <laughs> that's shit. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what's yours? Uh, this is very easy. Um, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time nice uh for the n64 um i know I've, I've talked about this recently i think but when i when i kind of put this idea out myself i was like well what's mine and it was just it's like it's easy it's zelda the ugly real time um it was a game that was in 1997 so i was 11 when it came out and 
I've it's the first game that I proper blitzed. Um, I used to buy the N64 magazine every month just to follow the guide that they put out. Um, I used to just think about it. I used to be away from my N64 and I'd have a notepad and I would try and draw out a dungeon to try and work out how I'm going to get through it. And it was a game that completely just grabbed me and never, ever let go because I was just so in love with it. Um, I think I've recently talked about that wonder of walking over Hyrule Field for the first time and whether or not it's an open world game, which the, 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 you know, it still rumbles on, but I still don't. I still think it is um, because of just the way it's laid out. And yeah, it's just pure magic. I think there's nothing else that that Nintendo did in that era, except for maybe, you know, GoldenEye. GoldenEye and Banjo-Kazooie at the time were exclusives um, and were first party. So, you know, those were wonderful experiences as well. And the N64 was Nintendo really kicking ass. I mean, Mario 64 was amazing, but nothing beat Ocarina for me because, you know, I was a musician. I got to play with an Ocarina in a video game. That was amazing. And... Yeah, it just has my heart completely. And when the 3D version came out for the 3DS, um, I blitzed that as well when I was an adult and had a job. And I was—I think I was working at a holiday park. I think I was in North Wales when it came out. Yeah, I was. And yeah, I took a day off and I was like, right, I'm off. I'm going to play Zelda for the day. And that's exactly what I did. And it was, uh, yeah, it was wondrous. It's a truly remarkable thing. I don't think any Zelda has beaten it since. You know, I think that's, the, the argument could be made that Breath of the Wild is a better game. Maybe it is, but Ocarina, for me, is the all-time, my all-time favorite first-party game. I do have others, obviously. Um, I love... Spy- I mean, I was going to say Spider-Man, but when it released, it wasn't a first-party game because Insomniac hadn't officially been bought by Sony at that time. To be honest, that applies to Crash Bandicoot 1 as well. Oh no! Nineteen ninety-six. Oh, you have to pick something else. No. And, uh, <laughs> Naughty Dog was bought in two thousand and one. Wow, you have to give me Horizon back then, don't you? No, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say Fable. You, know, you, um, said, you said Pokemon as well, and Pokemon actually might have been a better pick than Crash Bandicoot because the Pokemon, you know, the 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 actual trademark and the buying of Game Freak by Nintendo was the same year. Wow. Yeah, because oh, I, I looked it up and I was like, so they were like, oh, it's third party, but technically it's second party because Nintendo do in the IP, but Game Freak do it. And it was just like, oh, like, so I, I just didn't know if I was going to split hairs and do Pokemon. But I've done it now, haven't I? So <laughs> slap my hand. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry, Roscoe, what were, what were the rest of your list? Yeah, just Toby spilling the tea for no, for no real reason. Just to, <laughs> so that'd be fun. Just to ruin Cat's evening completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what are your um, what are your runners up? Then, oh, uh, uh, my runners up were um, Gears of War. If no one picked anything for Xbox, nice. Um, the whole Gears of War franchise, but again, it may be that the very beginning one wasn't actually a first party exclusive, but they became um, first party. Gears of War four and five are for sure. Um, they're amazing. They sold Xbox for me twice. Um, I bought an Xbox three sixty and an Xbox One based on Gears of War. Uh, Motorstorm and Wipeout are two racing games that I absolutely adore and mm-hmm. I pretty much don't play any other racing games apart from what is technically first party stuff from from Sony um and then the last ones was um Uncharted 2 and Killzone 2 um which were because uh, uh, Guerrilla Games have been bought by that point um so Killzone 2 and 3 are both um first party and pretty awesome damn it Toby I wanted Killzone 2 I was going to say that <laughs> <laughs> 
I did some research. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's all these? Killzone 2 soundtrack is absolutely incredible for like a first person shooter that wasn't meant to have mm. any depth to it. Its soundtrack is just glorious. I think Killzone 1 just was like, eh, whatever. And then 2 and 3 were just like so good. It was like, this is incredible. I love yeah. those games. They are brilliant. 2 is, I think, one of my like most highly prized platinums I have in my possession. It's like just one of those games I always look back on. I'm like, damn right, I got that one. Such a good <laughs> game. Whew, man. Killzone's terrible. Uh, Miles, <laughs> what's your um, what's your runner-up? Uh, mine was going to be God of War and God of War 3. Um, I know not the PS2 God of War, the new God of War, inverted commas, um, and God of War 3. Um, I was also going to say Killzone 2, and I think Toby's Shot of Uncharted 2 is a very good one as well. Um, but yeah, I think God of War 3, just because... I remember playing it and it was so unbelievably stunning graphically at the time. I remember like loading it up and obviously the first opening level is you're on the Titans or whatever. And the whole first level is just you climbing this Titan, fighting a load of enemies. And I was like, this is, this is disgusting how they've managed to build such an incredible game for this console. Um, and so, yeah, that, I think God of War threat to be on there. The new God of War, I think is an absolutely exceptional game just in terms of the cinematic design and how they've, done the story and kind of rebooted it but without rebooting it i just think it's absolute class and i've got a shout out as well the original metal gear solid on ps1 i don't know if it really counts because it was technically konami but obviously it was exclusive to ps1 um just because that game was so kind of groundbreaking for its time so yeah i'm gonna throw those into the mix as well i mean metal gear solid is not a first party game yeah but i just wanted I to mean, throw if you're gonna be there. if you're gonna be a dick about it you're gonna be dick <laughs> Come onto my podcast and be like, "Oh yeah, Killzone Two is amazing." Fuck off! <laughs> I just wanted Toby to Get fact check straight. me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't bother to fact check any more of them. <laughs> <laughs> and Killzone Two is an unbelievably good game. It, you're absolutely wrong. In I don't understand ways. why you're not liking Killzone. Sh- Shadowfall was a bit of a letdown, but Two and Three oh, were brilliant. Yeah. Shadowfall was meh, but yeah. Two and Three were some of the darkest, dullest uh, sh- shooters I ever really thought were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, also, I suppose we've got to shout out Halo 3 as well for Microsoft, because that game was unbelievable. I mean, look, I grew up on Halo. Yeah, okay. I thought you were going to bring up Halo, to be honest. It That's was one I had of a my... backup for Xbox. Halo is an honorable mention of mine, for sure. Um, the entire series, Halo 1, 2, 3, 4. I mean, they're just, they're just superb. But yeah, that's, that's why Killzone doesn't measure up to me, because nothing beats Halo <laughs> in the FPS world for me. Uh, Kat, did you have any runners up? Did uh, Detroit become human? Oh yeah, great, great, great. Um, Fable uh, for Microsoft. I've not played that in so long, and I mean, if we're gonna split hairs, like Miles being like, "Oh, well, it was first party before X happened," <laughs> then I guess I get Tomb Raider because that was first party once upon a time, um, when it very, very first came out. So fingers up to Miles. Um, but yeah, Uncharted as well. I mean, Wait, why am I getting attacked for this? I said, that, <laughs> what? If anything, I gave you a reason to save Tomb Raider. You should be thanking me. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose so. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those were mine. Nice. Nice. Very good choices, everyone. Yeah, very good. Except for Killzone, for God's sake. Dude, you need to, you I'm need glad to I've go got some backup on it. <laughs> yeah, no, Toby, I'm with you on this. Killzone 2 is a masterpiece of a game. I believe Killzone is on PlayStation now. Maybe I need to go back and play it. Greg really liked Killzone as well. I know he played all th- two, three, and four, but mm. definitely even the um the PSP one was good as well. I think it was liberal. Yeah. That one was yeah. as well. A whole different type of game, but it was good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Halo. It's always Halo for me. Halo and um, 
I'm not directly comparing them, really. I, I, no, I like no, no, I'm just I like I'm... Halo as well, but also like COD every now and again. It doesn't mean I can't like um, Killzone. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Don't be silly. <laughs> we found Ross's Last of Us too, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, right then, Toby's Games of the Week. Uh, so there's a nice little selection this week. Um, starting on the 22nd, so the day after this goes live, um, there's a game that's had a lot of hype, and I've been seeing adverts for it everywhere. Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance um, is coming to all systems, basically every console and PC you can think of. It's not really one for me, but uh, yeah, man, I've seen a, a, a number of adverts for this. So hype, hopefully it's good. Um, Phantom Abyss comes to early access on June 22nd as well. That's the Devolver Digital sort of Fall Guys in a Temple thing. Uh, 24th sees the release of Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX, again on pretty much all the systems you can think of. Uh, Roscoe uh, reviewing that for us. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Maybe you're not, okay. And uh, Legend of Mana, uh, the remastered version, is coming to Switch and PS4 on 24th as well. And then finally, uh, a game I've not really mentioned at all, um, Scarlet Nexus is coming <laughs> to PS4, PS5. Uh, Xbox One and Series X and S and PC, all the systems again. Um, so yeah, and I will be um, on that within a day, probably. Indeed. Um, I'm excited to hear what you think about it. Did you play the demo? I did. Demo was all right. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised, and I think it will be good. All right, cool. Um, right, we're going to finish off with uh, recommendations. Um, anything that we've seen throughout the week, any game, movie, trailer, whatever, um, things that you think the audience should be checking out this week. Um, so, Miles, what's your recommendation for the week? Uh, I think I've already kind of achieved it in Chivalry too, because you've already bought it. <laughs> hey, done. Right. Well, I've, got to, I've got to stick with that. Like, it's just such a fun game. You know, if you're into kind of combat games, if you liked For Honor, if you like anything medieval, just just take a look at it and just look at the chaos of it. And just, sorry, Toby, I know that's triggering for you. Um, <laughs> but just give it a shout. It's just such a fun game. And it's just such a nice change of pace to have a game that I can jump into don't even care about my KD or anything like that. You just throw yourself in and go nuts. And it's just so much fun. Um, so yeah, if you're even remotely interested, give it a shout. Cool. Cat, uh, your recommendation for the week? I'm going to veer away and not choose a game. And I'm going to recommend the movie A Quiet Place 2. Um, a Quiet Place 2 was supposed to be released last year before COVID properly hit, but they decided to extend and delay um, the movie. It's directed by John Krasinski, obviously the sexiest man alive at the moment for some reason um <laughs> and um his beloved wife emily blunt is in it as well and it's a sequel to a quiet place and if you liked a quiet place then you will love the second one um because it's really great and i'm not going to spoil it for you um as you can see from the trailer it does show a little bit of kind of flashbacks to to the day one uh killian murphy's in it um yeah great film watched it the other day in the cinema and had a really good time it actually felt really nice to be in the cinema and that sounds really strange the cinema was really really quiet but just felt normal so maybe that added to my love for the film as well but i mm. thought it was a, for a sequel i thought it was very very good um because normally you always find the sequels aren't as good as their their kind of predecessor but i really liked it and i think it was almost as good if not a little bit better than the original but there you wow. go. so that's my recommendation for the week nice i'm looking forward to seeing it i haven't quite seen it yet yeah but, check uh... it out I'm aiming to go to the cinema this week at some point because... Nice. Have you seen the first one? I have seen the first one. Yeah, you'll I love it then. thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I've got to get used to paying Taunton prices again for the cinema. Uh, yeah, what Odeon, <laughs> what are you doing? I don't recommend you going to Odeon. Go to like a independent cinema and, you know, really um, support your independent cinema because Odeon are robbing you. Yeah. They robbed me. Yeah, I lived in Cardiff and the cinema there was four ninety nine. Yeah. I mean, in Bridgewater, it's it's £3.50 for a ticket. Oh, I paid £9. Um, so, consensually, they are robbing me. But My work subsidises, like, they've got, like, a benefits thing that subsidises it. So you can get tickets for, like, £3.50 if you combine it with Meerkat movies at the same time. Damn. That's great. Well, that's good for okay. you, isn't it, Tobes? Yeah. yeah. Well, we can all go to the cinema, <laughs> can't we? That's great. Yeah. Thanks, Tobes. <laughs> you go with you. me, I can get you a cheap ticket. <laughs> okay. Come to Taunton, and we'll make it happen. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I want to go see Fast 9, obviously. Because it's fast time. Um, but yeah, I may double it up with a quiet place part two. Maybe we'll see. Uh Tobes, what's your recommendation for the week? Um, I'm going off of games slightly into comics for this one. Okay. Um, so I watched a documentary uh, the other day, which is called Chris Claremont's X-Men. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, it's basically a just a one and a half hours thing about how in the late 80s and through the 90s. Um, Chris Claremont is one writer who was brought on to the X-Men comics, uh, Uncanny X-Men at the time, and then just proceeded to basically reinvent the entire thing. Um, he came up with pretty much every character that you know and love these days. So um, though, though an artist had already given him like 40 different designs or something, he picked which to go with for a long time. That's the people like um, Wolverine and Rogue and um, Jubilee and gambit and all the ones that in a colossus all the ones that came around in that sort of period um he did he made up all those stories like dark uh, you know dark gene gray and the and the days of future past and you know all of those incredible stories that have now made movies out of um all came from the mind of this one bloke basically um and it's really really interesting documentary that everyone should watch if they like x-men nice let's check that out i'm going to check that out myself well, that's great it's cool um, nice uh, my recommendation is um, currently, right now, the Summer Game Fest is on, on Xbox, and there's a loads of demos on there. Um, I tried a few out. Some of them I didn't like, but one I did was uh, Tunic, which is a game that you've probably heard us uh, discuss before. It was in the Xbox Showcase. And it's like a top-down Zelda Souls-like, which, you know, sounds good to me, but you play as a tiny little fox, and he's very cute. And it's, um, yeah, it's a little bit puzzling. It is tricky, definitely. But it's uh, it's a demo. It's only about 45 minutes long. It's probably worth jumping into. And if you have an Xbox and have access to all of these demos, um, my favorite so far has definitely been uh, Tunic. So, yeah, check it out while it's there. It's only there for another few days. So if you have time, go check it out. And, yeah, there's also Sable that was in the Xbox. Was it in the Xbox? No, it was in Summer Game Fest. Um, I didn't like that so much. So I'm not recommending that. It runs really badly on my Xbox One. It's got a sort of frame thing that's part of the animation, like a like yeah. A, I, see, I it's only got out. every third or fourth frame is actually there anyway. Yeah, I was like, is this on purpose? I can't figure. It out. <laughs> it's like it's like the um, Miles Morales, um, you know, funky suit that has every third frame removed. Yeah, doesn't work for me, unfortunately. Um, but it's a shame because um, I was I was kind of enjoying it, enjoying the premise and the thing. But yeah, no, but didn't work for me in the end. But yeah, Tunic was great, so check that out. Uh, before we go, did anybody watch the Xbox Extended Showcase on Friday? Only vaguely. Was there anything in there worth discussing? Uh, I think it's just it was just much more sort of in-depth versions of what we'd already seen. So developer interviews and 
here's an explanation of how the game works. You know, it okay. was it was it was kind of the same games though. All right, cool. I saw there was a Hellblade trailer, um, which wait, what? <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. Pop, pop I might have missed that to be honest, because I, I only sort of dipped in and out of it. There was yeah, Ninja Theory were there discussing uh, Senua's Saga, and I don't know if it was like a. I can't really claim it to be a trailer. It was kind of like a behind the scenes, but it was interspliced with gameplay, and it was. Very weird and creepy. But yeah, Miles, go check that out. I was going to say, I know what I'm doing for the rest of my evening now. Thank you very much. I mean, it would only, only be five minutes. It'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> don't need any, any, any more Hellblade is enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I noticed they also announced the Xbox Design Lab is coming back for Series S and X. And we can design your own controllers. That's uh, that's cool. Uh, right then. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you do want to follow us, we are absolutely everywhere. Just follow the link tree in the description below to find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Spotify and Apple and YouTube and Twitch. You know, we're all over the place. Um, if you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon for $1 a month? You can support this po- this podcast, keep it up on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. We'll be back next week, as ever, to talk the gaming week and see if we can get very, very excited about any new announcements and find out what the hell Hideo Kojima is all about. Let's see if we can break him down. <laughs> Come down and actually convince us that Silent Hill is really a thing that's happening, but we'll find out on Tuesday. But until then, it is goodbye from Toby Anderson. Sayonara. Goodbye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. Goodbye from Kat. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. Until next time, we'll see you soon on the Finger Guns podcast.